Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Okay, First uh, John 4, I'm really excited about the new series that we're getting into this morning. Um, and starting this morning, actually, I'm going to be doing over the next five weeks. And uh, you saw the promo for it, What Have We Become? And uh, this is one of the best series, as Pastor John said, that you'll, you'll hear this year because it's so important that the children of God, the people of God, grasp this in order for them to function properly in this world, to live the life that God has for you. You must know what He's done for you and now what you have become as a result of what He's done. Amen? And it's a, it's a wonderful thing that Christ did for us, and we're going to delve into the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He accomplished. It was so much, and it was so big, and, it, and it, well, it's going to echo through eternity for an, forever and ever, and God's going to continue through the Lord Jesus Christ to show us the exceeding riches of His grace by what He did for us, and, praise God, by what we've become. First John chapter 4, have you found that? Everybody say, yes, if I found it. Yes, if you found it. Okay, now, First John 4, 17 says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Now let's just take a moment to imagine how Jesus is. As He is, how is He right now? The Bible teaches us that He is seated where? At the right hand of the Father. Is there any greater position? There is no greater position of authority and power and might than the right hand of the Father Himself. And that is where Jesus is seated. And Ephesians teaches us that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. That means if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ today, that you have no greater position, you will have no greater position in Christ than what you have right here, right now. How many of you believe that this morning? No greater position. You'll be no more spiritual in heaven <laughs> than you are right now, except in this fact that this body is going to change. You're going to receive a glorified body. But in the Spirit, it's all, you've already been perfected. In the Spirit, it's already a done deal. You've already got your position in Christ. That's why he can say here, as he is, so are we in this world. And as those that are like him in this world, understanding that position will change how you see life. It will change how you act in this life. It'll change how you talk. It'll change how you walk. It'll change how you think. It'll change how you talk to your spouse. It'll change how you deal with your children. It'll change how you perform at work. It'll change everything about your life. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Now look at this. Let's back that up for just a moment. It says, love has been perfected in us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I don't know about you, but that really, really blesses me. And my natural mind has a hard time wrapping around that. Because when the Bible talks about what the day of judgment is going to be like, whew, it's scary. It is scary. One version, I believe it's the King James, says the great and terrible day of the Lord. Great for us. <laughs> terrible for those who reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have boldness then. Love has been perfected in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is. Not, as, not because we've done so well. Not because we've performed so well. Not because we 
we got God's attention by our good works, but because Jesus got his attention when he laid down his life, when he shed his blood, the once-for-all sacrifice, and every human sin was laid upon him. Every man's sin from the very beginning to the very end was laid upon Jesus Christ himself, and poured out on him was the wrath of the Father, and poured out him was the judgment against sin, and the payment was satisfied in that body and the blood of the Lord Jesus at Mount Calvary. And at that, from that time forward now, God sees you in a whole different light today. He sees you as he sees Jesus. And he loves you like he loves Jesus. And you'll never figure out, you'll never know how much he loves you until you understand how much he loves Jesus. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to be talking about over the next few weeks five things that Jesus became and what we became as a result of that. And today, we're going to hit the first one. Found in Galatians chapter 3. See, God has always wanted to be among his people. He's always, that's, that's why he created man. To have fellowship with us. He created Adam and every day he would show up at the cool of the evening and walk with Adam. What an, an amazing experience that must have been. It's been his desire. It was his desire when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, delivered them from bondage through those miraculous signs and wonders, brought them out there and invited all of them to come up with him to the mountain to be with him. And the children of Israel, all they could see was the smoke, the, hear the thunder, see the lightning, and they said, uh-uh, I don't want any part of that. Moses, I tell you what, now I'm paraphrasing. You go up there and you have a meeting with God. We'll stay down here. And you just tell God what to tell us. And that's exactly what we'll do. So Moses went up. And I believe that God was disappointed at that moment. And he said, you want to know what to do? This is how it's going to be? Okay. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And he just began to pen out or write out with his own finger the Ten Commandments. What did they say they would do? We'll do all of whatever he said. We'll, we'll do it all. And when Moses came down with those Ten Commandments, Their lives fell apart. And no one's ever been able to live up to it since then. See, the law was born out of a lack of desire to have a personal relationship with God. And it satisfied, that is, the law satisfied that desire to the nth degree. There was a young man who wanted to marry the farmer's daughter and the farmer said, if you pass the test, then you can marry my daughter. But you've got to catch a bull by the tail. And he said, now I've got three bulls to choose from. You choose which one you want. And you've got to catch him by the tail. He sent the first bull out of the chute and had big old horns and was huge and was pawing the ground. The young man said, I think I'll pass on that one. Second bull came out even meaner and stronger. 
He said, I believe I'll pass on that one. The third little bull came out. He was small, meek like a little lamb. He said, that's my bull. So he ran out in the pen, and as the bull approached him, he saw that the bull had no tail. So, So these Israelites, they thought, they thought what the answer was, was just to take the easy thing. And just to have God tell them to do something or don't do something. But it would be something that they could never grasp. It would be something that they could never accomplish. It, would be some, it was unattainable. It was unforgiving. It was unrelentless. It was the law of God. Now let's look at this. Galatians chapter 3. Oh foolish Galatians. Who has cast a spell on you or who has bewitched you that you should not... Obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Ladies and gentlemen, what's the answer there? The hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? That is, by works? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So God works miracles and He moves by His Spirit because people live so right? Or because they believe God? Or by the hearing of faith? Jesus never said your works have made you whole. Just as Abraham believed God, And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the, everybody say, that's me. By faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Let me say that one again. For as many as are under the law, under the works of the law, or of the works of the law, are under the curse. If they're of the works of the law, they're under what? For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Let's point out something right here, number one here. This tells us that the law is never satisfied. The law is never satisfied. Verse 11, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Number two thing we see here, the law can never justify. The law is never satisfied and the the law can never justify. Verse 12, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Number three thing we learn about the law here is the law will never be modified. It can never be satisfied. It will never justify. And it will never be modified. On that first thought, the law is never satisfied. I mean, if, if the law could sing a song, if it had a song to sing, I believe it would probably sing the Rolling Stones song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I try. And I try, and I try. Yeah, there, I knew somebody. I knew somebody else. Come on, Tommy. No, you don't just listen to ninety-four point nine. 
I can't get no satisfaction. That's the, that's the theme of the law. It can't be satisfied. You've got to do all of it. Like the man who spins the plates on the sticks. You've seen this guy on TV, haven't you? Has the sticks and he's got the plate spinning on top and he, and he gets one of them going and he sets up another stick and he spins another plate on top and he sets up another stick spins another plate on top. Have y'all seen this guy? All right. And so about three or four into it, he has to go back to the first one and give it a new spin. And so the whole stage is full of poles, balancing, balancing uh, uh, plates, spinning plates, and he's constantly at work, constantly at work, keeping it going, keeping it going. This is a picture of the law. It's never satisfied. It's just telling you, do, do, do. You, but you can never do enough, but you got to keep doing. Number two, the law can never justify but no one is justified by the law on the side of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And Romans 8.3 shows us this. It says, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. The law could only point us to our depravity. The law could only show us the problem, but it was powerless to do anything about it could not justify. And makes me think about being with my wife a few months ago, or has that been maybe over a year ago now, that we were at the mall, and uh, she went into this store called Sephora. Anybody know what store that is? Well, it's not really a man's store. Can't find any knives or guns or hunting gear or anything like that in there. They've got makeup and so I'm always a little reluctant to go into a store like that. I try to find the bench outside of the, you know, the, the store. Uh, I think this day there happened to not be a bench there. And so I went in with Heather, and <laughs> she was looking at these displays of makeup. And they were in the, middle of the, in the middle of the room, and on each side they had these rows and rows of different types of makeup. Or, and, and there were two stands, two, two displays side by side, but there was a little gap in between them so you could walk around and, you know, look at them freely, or so we thought. And um, Heather was looking at the makeup and, you know, picking up this and that and looking on this display, and I'm just kind of standing back in the distance watching her and timing her. No, I'm just kidding. You got 30 more seconds. No, she, and, and, and so she went to go around the display um, to look at the other side in this little gap, but in this little gap was a hindrance she didn't see and it was a little piece of plexiglass that looked like kind of a two by six just went straight down like this kind of thick like that and then the bottom of it kind of um, fanned out like that but it was clear you couldn't see it so she's walking around and she steps on that fanned part of that plexiglass and then starts stumbling and she can't figure out why because she can't really see what's going on and I can't figure out all of a sudden why my wife's arms are flailing in the air and why she's I'm sent, and I couldn't do anything about it. And, and before long, I mean, she had, she had slipped off that thing, and the edge of that thing went right into her rib, cut her rib open. She fell, hit the floor, chipped her front tooth. I mean, just beat herself up all over the place. And it was, it was horrific for me as her husband, who's supposed to be Superman, to be there on the scene, to just simply stand there and watch it happen. And then the man, there was, I didn't feel so bad because there was another man in front of me and he had the same reaction. He's the manager of the store, big old guy. I mean, if I couldn't do it, he could have saved her, you know, but neither one of us 
we couldn't tell what was going on and such is the law that it could just tell us what to do and what not to do but when humanity started stumbling all over it and thinking we could, we could do something but the law couldn't do anything to help all it could do is watch them fall all it could do is watch them sin all it could do is watch them fail and make mistake after mistake and try to live up to and fall again and try to live up to it and fall again and the law couldn't do anything couldn't justify it And ever since it came, that's all people have done. Stumbled and fallen. This number three thought here about the law, that the law will never be modified. That is, it will never change. Under the law, you don't get any days off, except for the Sabbath. But if you take the Sabbath day, you've got a whole set of rules for the Sabbath too. No just sitting on the couch watching TV. And part of the rule of the Sabbath is six days shall you work. So there's no calling in sick. The law doesn't modify for that. It doesn't change. There's no sympathy or understanding with the law. It just won't change. You must simply obey or reap the consequences. I'm so glad that the book of Galatians does not end with that verse. (laughs) I'm so glad about that. Let's look at verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon, say me, the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through the law is not of faith, but those who are of faith escape the law. Praise God. Out from under the curse forever it has been done. He became a curse and you became blessed. What is it that we've become? That very same blessing that was upon Abraham is upon you today. Genesis chapter 12, you can just note this. It says, I will, you are blessed. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. You are blessed and you will be a blessing. Christ was not cursed because he was hanged upon the cross. He was hanged on the cross because he was cursed by the law for bearing the sins of humanity. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree is a reference out of Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23 that says, For he that is hanged is accursed of God. It's quoted from that passage. And in ancient Israel, people were not killed by crucifixion, but the dead bodies of those executed for some capital offense were exposed upon trees or crosses as a sign that the curse of God was upon them for their sin. And the fact that Jesus was crucified, the fact that Jesus was hanged on that tree, was an indication of the curse upon him for our sins. And see, the prophet Isaiah understood that men would regard Jesus Christ as being cursed of God when that happened. We read in Isaiah chapter 53, but he was wounded for our, or surely he hath borne our griefs, verse 4, and carried our sorrows, or borne our sickness and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. That is, they thought this is the judgment of God upon him. He's cursed. He's hanging on to this is God's judgment upon him. And, if, and he was afflicted and was wounded for our transgressions, or that is, our, our violations of God's law. But when Jesus Christ 
said those words, it is finished. That everything that was against us, everything that was contrary to us, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, he took out of the way the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to, to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. That law was nailed to that cross. It was finished. He fulfilled every jot and every tittle, every part of the, of the law to the nth degree. No longer is a curse now upon you because He became that curse. And every curse that was against humanity stopped there and every blessing came on rushing through to us. And now when God looks at us, He, he, has to, he only says, I have to bless you. I can only bless you. He only looks at you to bless you today. Acts chapter 4 teaches us that Christ came to bless us. And the works of the law that were required of you have been done. The curse is no more. Fully satisfied. I'm so grateful for Jesus Christ today. So grateful that He didn't try to weigh me in the balance and find me wanting. Because ladies and gentlemen, I was wanting. You were wanting. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. That is in and of ourselves. No works could satisfy, could not be justified, could not be fixed, could not look right in the eyes of God in our own strength. But praise God, Jesus Christ came and satisfied, satisfied the wrath of God, satisfied the penalty for sin. Now all those who will just say, I believe you, Jesus. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. At that moment, ladies and gentlemen, you are in faith. At that moment, you have the, every right to have boldness in the day of judgment. At that moment, as He is, so are you. Yesterday, Heather and I were hanging out with David and Beth Kisselak. Some of my favorite people. And we went and were driving around looking at some property and stuff, just having a great time. And then we went and ate. And I like going with David because he usually buys my meal. And <laughs> we, had, we had a fun time at Dave and Buster's at the Stonebriar Mall. And then we went to this place called Orange Cup. Anybody been to Orange Cup? Well, I don't know why I'm plugging this, but I'm going to. It's really good. If you like frozen yogurt and stuff like that, it's a, it's a good little parlor for you to go eat. And, uh, and it's low in calories, so uh, keeps, the, keeps you trim. And that's what David said. I told David last night, I said, it's low in calories. He goes, I don't care about that. <laughs> low in calories? Give me five times the amount then. <laughs> Just give me that whole carton that, that you're digging that spoon into. Just get That bucket, I'll take that. Now we went. We walked in. David and I walked in, and there was a few people. There was a pretty good line there, and and a, a few people up. There's this beautiful little young lady, standing there in a prom dress, and it's this emerald colored dress, and and it's got all these little. I told the first service, and I still haven't got a better definition for all these sparkly things, all over it, all over the, huh? Sequins is that what you call them? All these sequins. Oh, that makes me think sea creatures. See, sequins all over this dress, and she's got 
real bright, fiery red hair and real fair skinned, you know, and her hair's all fixed up. She has those same kind of sequins in her hair that are on her dress. I mean, just real pretty. And so I walked up to her and, and I said, young lady, I said, you just stole the show in here tonight. You just look beautiful. I said, you going to the prom? She said, yeah. I said, all right, that'll be fun. She said, yeah, but my date ditched me. I said, your date ditched you? What happened? She said, well, I'm just going to go with my friends to, to, and you know, we're just going to hang out. We're going to have fun. I said, yeah, I'll make the best of it. She said, well, he had, he had to go work. And, uh, and I, was, I was sad for this girl, and I thought, man, here she is all dressed up, beautiful. I mean, just the picture of grace in this room. And I felt the Lord start talking to me. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say anything to you, David, last night, because I, I, I didn't want to tell you last night because I wanted you to hear it today. But I felt the Lord start talking to me. I went back in line. I got with, I, I was standing there with David, and he starts talking to me about golf, and he was talking to me about your, my brother-in-law, how he finally beat him in golf. And, and I told Philip this morning, I said, you've got to beat him because he's not going to let that go until that happens. And so I'm trying to stay engaged in our conversation, listening to him, you know, like, but I feel the Lord talking to me. And I mean, I, I feel these tears trying to well up, and, 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 uh, and, uh, but I don't want to break down in front of my buddy, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> we're getting frozen yogurt. It's not time to get emotional, you know, and, <clears throat> and so I'm just choking back these tears, and all of a sudden, I just, I, the Lord began to speak to me, and he said, he said so, so, many of, so many of my own, of my own have a date with grace, but they go work. They go to work instead. And there she is in all of her beauty. God has offered this unearned, unmerited, undeserved, dressed in the beauty of our God. Christians are at work, trying to be good for God, trying to live right, trying to gain merit, working their way up. The Bible says, let us have grace that we may live acceptably before God. Because I'm telling you right now, you'll never be acceptable for God with that kind of thinking. I say, take the girl out on a date. Receive the grace. Receive the grace that is yours today. And I want to give you some lyrics to a song that I think is so beautifully done by one of my favorite bands of all time called U2. And it says, Grace, she takes the blame. She covers the shame, removes the stain. It could be her name. Grace, it's a name for a girl. It's also a thought that changed the world. And when she walks on the street, you can hear the strings. Grace finds goodness in everything. Grace, she's got the walk. Not on a ramp or on chalk. She's got the time to talk. She travels outside of karma. She travels outside of karma. When she goes to work, you can hear the strings. Grace finds beauty in everything. Grace, she carries a world on her hips. No champagne flute for her lips. No twirls or skips between her fingertips. She carries a pearl perfect condition. What once was hurt, what once was friction, what left a mark no longer stings because grace makes beauty 
out of ugly things. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what he did in becoming a curse so that you today could be blessed. What have you become? Well, in Christ Jesus, I'm not who I used to be, praise God. I might not be all that I want to be yet, but in Him, I am blessed. Jesus truly changed everything. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.